The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. I love it when God shows up. I like that. So let me take a step back and let me say good morning again. Good morning. I am happy to see all of you. Um, 1981 to 1984, Terry and I were living in Lexington, Nebraska. And uh, we were pastoring a church there. And uh, this is, for me even, at this point, that was a long time ago. For some of you, you can't say that it was a long time ago because you were born way after that. (laughs) So some of you can't say that. But that was a long time ago. And uh, I don't remember the reason why Terry had gone home. She had gone home, and uh, usually we were together on Sunday. uh, And so I wasn't able to go home with her. uh, But I was going to leave after church was done. I didn't have somebody that could preach for me. And so she went... And we did church, and we finished up with church. And I'm going out of town, and I thought I should probably get some gas. So I stopped, and uh, just right where you pick up the interstate at, I stopped. I got some gas, and there was somebody there. Uh, This guy was a nice-looking guy, and this guy was dressed nicely, and he had a nice dog beside him. And uh, he came up to me and he said, hey, which way are you going? And I said, I'm going west. And he said, well, I'm trying to go as far west as I can go. Can you give me a ride? And I kind of looked at him because I am not in the habit of giving people rides. And I am, even though we have a grand dog that thinks he's a grandchild, uh, yeah, I'm not a pet guy. I get that thing that people have for pets, and I'm glad that you love your pets, and you can even bring them over to my house if you want, but make sure my wife is there. Otherwise, they're not going to get petted by anybody in our house. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay. So he got in the car. And we start driving, and I, you know, I I have changed some since then, but I'm still basically who I was and who I am and who I will be. And I just did what I do. And we just started talking, and we continued talking, and that talking got deeper, and I started talking about Jesus. And he was willing to listen. He told me about his life. He had said some things to me, and I started with some of those things that he had said, and we just chatted from Lexington to Ogallala. 
where I dropped him off. And I was just really excited because I'd had the chance to talk with him about Jesus. I'm thinking that I, in some way, shape, or form, that I invited him to let Jesus come into his heart. And I bought him a meal. I bought his dog a meal, <laughs> which was the same thing that the guy ate. <laughs> and I prayed for him, prayed with him. He got out, and I went to Grant. That's where Terry was. I probably told you about it, Terry. I don't know if you can remember that or not. And uh, then to be honest with you, I probably, I remembered that for a couple of years because I don't have that happen to me every day. So I did remember that for a couple of years, but after that, I didn't think anything about it. Uh, Sometime in the early 90s, I'm visiting my folks who live in Omaha. And I'm talking, and, and my dad says, oh, son, by the way, somebody called and talk, wanted to talk to you. I said, well, who was that? He says, well, I don't know. But he said the reason that he was calling me is because he was trying to track you down, and I was the only Phil Jefferson or Philip Jefferson in the state of Nebraska that he could find. I said, oh, well, who was that? Well, I don't remember his name, but I think, he's, I th I think he was up in Oregon. And uh, he told me to tell you that, <laughs> that he's going to church, he's married, and he just wanted to thank you for you taking him that day as far as you took him. And it just broke me. Because as soon as he started talking, my dad started talking, I knew exactly who that was. And I had a picture of him, what he was wearing, I knew exactly. We are going to be talking, we are going to be speaking from Acts, the eighth chapter, verses 26 through 40. But before I read that, I want to read you something else here. It says, it might be a conversation at the office water cooler. It could come in the form of a surprising question from a stranger in the supermarket. It might develop through the patient cultivation of a genuine friendship with a neighbor. Sooner or later, every follower of Jesus Christ has an opportunity to be a witness to who Jesus is and what he has done. For Philip, they're not talking about me, they're talking about Philip in the text here. For Philip, the opportunity came as the Spirit prompted him to strike up a conversation with a foreigner who happened to be struggling to understand the scriptures. Sharing our faith does not always bear much such immediate fruit, but we are to be alert for opportunities to minister to others. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes, mind, and heart to opportunities that lie in the day ahead.
I really, 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 really believe that we as Christians, we are going to have opportunities to talk to other people about Jesus. They are going to just show up. And when they show up, I don't want you to miss that opportunity. We all are going to do that. If you're a Christian, you are going to have opportunities. I don't care if it's, if it's a three-year-old kid is in the middle of throwing a fit. You're going to have an opportunity to talk to somebody about Jesus. And so we're going to read the text here. And then after the text, I want to share four things with you about what we can do to be ready and to be prepared and how to do that. Okay? We're going to start with the uh, 26th verse, Acts 8th chapter. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south, go down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Uh, let me, two things about this that I want to say is, uh, first of all, uh, it says here, go south. Most translation has that the angel said to go south. Some translations have to go at noon. I'm going to tell you, if God speaks to you, and in this case, he sent an angel to speak to Philip and told him to go, however it is that God speaks to you, he will give you some instructions. He will tell you what he wants you to do. Okay? That runs down, uh, that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. That road is about a 50-mile uh, walk, if you're walking. It's about 50 miles. And they say that it would take people like three days to usually walk that. I don't know if at this time, if uh, Philip was in um, Jerusalem or if he was still in Samaria. If he was in Samaria, he had a long ways to go just to get to Jerusalem, just to get on the 50-mile long road. But God worked all that out. So he did, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, who was a eunuch of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. He was seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. That was actually Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Another thing I want to point out to you, when Philip was told to go, it was an angel that came and visited him. However, that visit took place and said, you need to go. And so he went. And now he's there. And now the Holy Spirit. So now it's the Holy Spirit that's doing something. You know what? We need to be listening for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So Philip ran over. He's an eager beaver. He's ready to go. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So he asked, 
Do you understand what you're reading? So he's just walking beside this carriage. That's the first thing to do. Keep that in mind. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So he asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I when there is no one to instruct me? And he begged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture that he had been reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And then the eunuch looked up and he asked Philip, was Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? So Philip began with the same scripture and then used many others to tell the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, hey, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop. And they went down into the water, that's both of them, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip up and took him away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. And then just to throw in the 40th verse, if I can get my fingers to do that. Well, anyway, it says that he found himself at Azoda, I think is the name, and that he started preaching and he went north. And so this is up along the coast of Israel there. And he went north to Caesarea and he was preaching. So the first thing I want you to be aware of is this. We need to make ourselves available. Amen? If I was going to entitle this sermon, I would say available. And then I would add to be a witness. Well, how do we do that? How do we make ourselves available? Well, it starts with the Holy Spirit, guys. Uh, last week, Pastor Sean did an amazing job of talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm not, I wouldn't know where to stop, and I certainly know, wouldn't know where to end if I was to start trying to, to recount that thing. But I'm going to just encourage you, go home and watch it. Go home and listen to it. You can uh, go to our website. You can go to YouTube itself. You can go to our podcast app and listen to that. That's a wonderful thing. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn to Acts, the first chapter, and the eighth verse. It says, But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, 
throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and you will tell people about me everywhere. Some people say, and you will be a witness. I'm wanting you to know that there's a difference between being a witness and doing witnessing. There's a difference. You know what? Anybody can do, can do witnessing. Uh, if you're going to do witnessing, you probably need to have thick skin. Well, what do you mean by that? Because people who are just doing witnessing, uh, not talking bad about anybody or anything or any way of doing things, because sometimes something is better than nothing. Uh, some people, they'll just walk into a place and they'll just start handing out whatever it is they're handing out. Boom, 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 boom. There's nothing wrong with that. That's being, that's uh, doing witnessing. And like I said, you just need to have thick skin because some people will, will holler at you for doing that. Some people will tell you to leave for doing that. I remember when we were in Lexington, they were having a... Uh, a carnival, outside carnival. And there was a young man that had come back for the summer, and I think he was hoping to become a pastor, and he went around to the different pastors in the church, uh, in the churches there, and nobody wanted to do any street witnessing with him. And in fact, most of those guys, because I hung out with them a little bit, most of those guys said, you know what, you should go to Phil Jefferson. He's the new guy in town, go to him. And I, really? <laughs> and so he came knocking on my door. I had him come in. We talked for a while. He asked me if we'd go, and I wanted to say no. I'm just being honest with you. Because this thing is hard for me, okay? And I just, I wanted to say no. But I just couldn't. I couldn't. So I said, sure, I'll go with you. And I started praying. Oh, I started praying. And God stood beside me and he said, he said, okay. So we had two weeks or something to pray and get ready and everything. And, and I got some tracks together. And uh, you know what? The Holy Spirit was with me. And I said, okay, God, how do you want me to do this? So I walked around and he'd say, okay, you, you go up and hand that track to this person. So I just did that, and I handed it, and they looked at it, and they said, okay, well, thank you. And I go, oh, hot dog. <laughs> Nobody hollered at me. I was so excited. So I'd walk around some more, and, and the Holy Spirit would come to me and say, hey, this person over here, go, just go stand by him, and then say, hey, I'd like you to have this. So that's what I did. And I handed them that track, and they looked at me. They looked at the track, and they looked at me again, and they looked at the track, and, well, thank you. And I was like, whoa, Jack. And I was excited. And I don't know how many times I did that. It's not like I tried getting to everybody there. But the Holy Spirit had empowered me to do that. And I was listening to him. And then one time I kept as I was crisscrossing and everything, I kept seeing another person. And I kept thinking, I just, I just want to go give one to her. 
I said, can't I just go give one to her? He said, no, don't do that. I said, I just, I just want to go give one to her. He said, don't do that. I said, well, we should be doing this to everybody. He said, okay, that's what you want to do. I said, okay. So I went up to her and I said, hey, would you like this thing? They turned around, they looked at me. No! And I'm looking around because I'm thinking people are starting to look at me now. And you know what? In Lexington, Nebraska, in a crowd, I wasn't hard to find. (laughs) And so I was just like, oh, because she, I mean, she went on for a minute or two. She did. And I'm thinking, God told me not to go, so I can't blame you. I said, I can't blame you. You told me not to go. I shouldn't have gone. We need to listen. Um, Over the last three years, when I was working in my last job, the last three or four years, I felt like I needed to do more as far as speaking about Jesus. And I was trying to figure out how to do that. And I just said, because I believe God put that on my heart. And I just said, okay, God, I'm just going to let you show me how to do that. I'll I'll be willing. I'll be willing if you'll just show me. And you know what? He did. He did. And there would be times when I'd walk into class, and all of a sudden, just like we started when I came up uh, today, he would just, sometimes he'd show me things, sometimes he'd just tell me things, and he'd say, now I want you to say something. And I'd say, what do you want me to say? And he'd say, you know, you just do what you do. So then I'd say something. And sometimes I would say, uh, you know, I'm not trying to force God on you or anything, but this is what I see, this is what I believe, this is what I think. Never had anybody get mad at me. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit so we can hear him speaking to us. If you will turn to uh, Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the 18th verse. I believe this is a verse that Pastor Sean used last week. Fifth chapter and the 18th verse, and it says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. And it says in a lot of in other translations, it says, Be filled with the Spirit. And back in the day, when we were doing the word study thing back in the day, people would say that that word be filled actually means be being filled. And in today's modern newer translations, it says be continuously filled. You know what, guys? We need to always be being filled, continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we will do that, if we will be that way, guess what? We will hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. He will lead and and direct us and guide us. You can read about that 
in uh, John, the 14th chapter. But he will help us. And when it comes to this thing with being a witness, he will help us. So the first thing I want to tell you is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be a witness and not just do witnessing. The other thing I will add to this is being a witness is a lifestyle. It's a way that you look. It's a way that you walk. It's a way that you talk. It's a way that you live. Being a witness. And when we let the Holy Spirit fill us, guess who we're modeling after? Him. He will walk with you. All right? Second point I want to talk about is we need to be obedient. Uh, we'll go back to uh, Acts, the eighth chapter. And we talked about this a little bit. Uh, verse 26, it says, For as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south or go at noon. He was obedient. One of the things that keeps us from being obedient is distractions. We can become distracted easily. And so specifically when I'm talking about being distracted, I'm thinking of Philip. Man, this guy was having the time of his life in Samaria. I mean, miracles were taking place. People were getting saved. He was right in his element. I mean, he was right in the thick of things. God was working through him, through the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. And then all of a sudden, this angel shows up in the middle of all of that and says, hey, I want you to go over here. And he hopped on it, and he went over there. A lot of other people would be saying, you know what, I'm doing so well here, just let me stay here a little bit longer. You know, this is so exciting, let me just stay here and let me do this. You know what I have to guard myself against? Going to bed. And you know why I have to guard myself against going to bed? Because I like to watch gun smoke. And so I'm trying to get better. I am. Because if I, if I watch one minute, I'll say, I'll just watch till the next commercial. <laughs> then I'm sold on that show. And then I got to finish that whole thing off. And then it's after midnight when I'm going to bed. And I got these little kids coming over at, no, I'm sorry. Terry's got these little kids coming over at, at six, at, not six, seven in the morning. I got to get up and go. It takes me an hour and a half to get ready. All right? I get, no. No, I get distracted. And if we're filled with the Spirit and we can hear His voice, we need to be obedient and then not let things distract us from what He's called us to do. Same thing with Philip when he gets to the chariot and the Holy Spirit came to him and said, go over there. Let's not be distracted, guys. Let's not be distracted. The third thing, is we need to start, when we are talking with somebody, when we are telling them about Jesus, we need to start with where they're at. However it is you do that. If you just go up and you just start, and you don't even ask their name, hey, you, yeah, hey, let me give this to you, let me talk to you. You know what, stop, my name is Phil, what's your name? You know, uh, 
And if you can, start talking to them where they're at. And they will talk to you. If this is what God is having you do, some way, somehow, even though they're kicking and screaming and hollering on the inside, they're going to open up. And when they open up, and then after they've opened up, then you take up from where they left off. That's what he did. He heard the, uh, uh, the treasurer from Ethiopia. He heard this guy reading the scriptures. He heard him. And it says he began with where he was at. So begin with where you're at, with where people are at. Begin talking to them. Okay? And I can, I can tell you, sometimes I end up having to listen longer than I want to listen. But I can tell you, because and you can ask my wife, my memory is shorter than short. All right? But when I'm listening and I get their stories, I may not be able to bring up their name, but I get their stories and I start with that and all of a sudden they're listening to what I have to say because they figured out that I was listening to what they said. So start with where they're at. And then this is my fourth and last point. You need to remember what God has called you to do. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians. And I believe we're going to the third chapter in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3. And I'm going to read to you verses 5 through 9. Who is Apollos and who is Paul, that we should be the cause of such quarrels? Why we're only servants. Why? Because we're only servants. Through us, God caused you to believe. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. My job was to plant the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it, but it was God, not we, who made it grow. You know what, guys? Sometimes we get discouraged because we're thinking that we're the whole, the whole ball of wax. We're thinking that we got this whole thing. And maybe that's not the case. Again, if you're filled with the Spirit and you're listening to Him, you'll be able to figure that out. But I'm telling you, sometimes we are supposed to just drop seeds. Sometimes we're supposed to come and water things. But we need to remember it's God that gives the growth. It's God, the one who's working in that heart. We may be thinking, oh, I got to do it all. I got to do it all. I got to do it all. Well, and maybe you're supposed to. I'm not saying that you're not. But I'm saying that sometimes there are people who are planting seeds. I really do believe there are some times when, when I haven't just been able to open up and say, man, you just need to be able to get saved. You're a wreck. You're a mess. You're an accident that's already happened. You need to get saved. And God will say, honey, just drop a little seed. Drop a little seed. Drop a little seed. 
And maybe a month, two months later, maybe several years later, as I said in that story, somebody will come along through that time and water it a little bit and nurture that thing, pull the weeds that have grown up around it. And then at some point, God will give the growth. You know what? God is speaking to us today, just like he spoke to Philip here. He is wanting us to touch the lives of other people. Maybe you're dropping just a seed. Maybe you're coming by and watering. Maybe you're having to walk with them, take their hand and walk with them. Maybe you're just in their life for a brief moment and then out of their life. God is wanting you to do what the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do and be. And that is to be a witness. I'm going to ask that you stand. And let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity today. We thank you that, oh God, we thank you that you have captured our hearts and that you know us and you have called us by name and that you know who we are. Oh God, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to fill us and fill us again and fill us even after that and continue to even fill us even more. I pray, Father, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. And then open up our eyes that we may see what you're putting in front of us. Give us the courage to be obedient to you. Help us to remember and to know what our part is to play in your kingdom. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.